Welcome to Fable and the Verbivore. I'm Fable, Beth Stedman. I'm the Verbivore, Laura Johnson. And this is a podcast for writers who love to read. Readers who love to write. And anyone who loves words. words. Yay! So today we have MJ McGriff with us, and we are super excited to have you, MJ. MJ is an author. She's written multiple books, fantasy and sci-fi, adventure stories that just kind of carry you away. They're fast-paced and fun, good banter, and just really enjoyable to read, really fun to read. We've really appreciated them, and we also just appreciate her presence on Instagram and online. She's a great resource for other writers and authors, and has just some great content about uh, marketing your books, including a course that she's running right now on newsletters and newsletters for authors and kind of how to get people to actually want to read your newsletter and engage with you through that medium. So that is an exciting thing you're doing. And we are just super excited to talk to you today. So thanks for being yeah, here. I'm so excited to talk to you guys. Fun. But, and we always start out asking about kind of your, your story with story. Like when did you first cut connect with story? Any stories that were important to you growing up? Sure. So I think really my first real connection with story was actually back in the third grade. So our teacher had us do an assignment where we had to write and illustrate our own book. And then she went and bound them and then put them in the school library for other kids to check out. And I think that experience just (sighs) kicked everything off for me. It was, it was fun. And it was really cool to say, you know, you not only wrote a story, but then you have like your friends kind of reading it for you. And then the next year I read a book called Island of the Blue Dolphins. I was like obsessed with that book and I I didn't want it to end. (laughs) I loved it. Something about being alone on an island when you're like, come from a very big family and they're always (laughs) like, all around you so just the fact of just being alone with just you and nature was just awesome to me but I love that book so much and my fourth grade teacher challenged me to kind of write my own version and I wrote it and she edited it for me and it was just like I knew that that was something that I really wanted to do was just to write the kind of stories that I just loved reading and something that I can just sit and read in an afternoon or read over a weekend or I just have to stay up late to like you know read it and you know, so I, for me, that was really like my first introduction to story. And I think by the time I was out of elementary school, I was, you know, handwriting my own novels and passing them out to friends and getting all that feedback. So being a writer to me was something that started super early, super, yeah. super early. That's awesome. Do you remember what that first book in third grade was about or what you wrote? About? I do, because, you know, I kept it. I kept oh, you did? It. That's great. Um, I did. I still have it. It was about an African girl who was, who was saving a tiger. Oh, I love that. And it was very interesting because I kept it and um, I had my kids read it and they were just so fascinated. Like, mom, you wrote this and you were in the third grade. And, you know, so it it was super cool. I'm I'm glad I was able to keep that and, and, you know, pass it along to them and just remind them that, you know, that they can explore their creative endeavors and it's never too early to kind of do the things you love. So, yeah, yeah, I totally kept it. It's like on my shelf. That's awesome. I love that story of sharing it with your kids. That's so cool. Yeah, for, for me, it was important. I mean, my family wasn't really too big on the creative arts, more like be a lawyer, be a doctor, be, you know, and just kind of dabble on the side, right? And I followed that path for a while, but then it was like, it just wasn't working. And I had to kind of come back to kind of the things that I love. And even you talked about the newsletter course, um, I fell into marketing because I wanted a job where I can be creative and write. Right. So I was like, okay, I want to write and I want to make money. So let me figure out how to do this. 
<laughs> and still have my books on the side until those take off. So having that experience, I want it to be really important for my daughters to understand that their creative endeavors can be their life. It can be a profession. It could be a business. So it's super important for me to kind of, you know, help them develop whatever their creative things are. My, my eight-year-old is such an artist. I mean, she is drawing all the time and she just, so I'll get her the books and I'll, and I'll have people look at them and I'll put them up on my IG story and just giving her that, just, you know, that encouragement to pursue something that she really loves and and feel confident that she can do that and know that she has my support. So it was very important for me to share those kind of things with them. That's awesome. So it sounds like you didn't start out writing then you did something else for a little bit and then came into writing. Like how, what was that process like or what brought you to pursuing writing professionally? (laughs) Oh my gosh, it was painful and a lot. No, but um, (laughs) So I pursued a legal degree because in law, you get to research and you get to write and there's some sort of level of creativity to trying to figure out how to best prove your case. I didn't like the standing up and talking part because, you know, writers were introverts and we like to talk in front of people, but, you know, you can stick me in a library and I can research and I can write all day. So I'm kind of sold. So I went to college and I got my pre-law degree, tried to get into law school still wasn't happening, you know, after a couple of years, went and got another degree in paralegal studies, got my first paralegal job, and I absolutely hated it. It was the most soul-fucking job just ever. That was in 2008, so thank goodness for recession, you know, y'all got laid off, and I kind of had the opportunity to kind of assess, you know, what I wanted to do, and at that time, online writing was a thing, blogging was super big, Twitter was kind of coming on the scene, So I kind of dabbled in that on the side. Fast forward to having my first daughter. I stayed home with her for two years and kind of did freelance writing and my novel writing. And then that experience helped me land a job in digital marketing for a fashion magazine. So I was able to find a way. And it was really interesting, right? Because when I was in college, that didn't even exist yet. Yeah. You know, I was super grateful, at least for that experience, to know that law wasn't something that I wanted to do. So just kind of going through that experience really helped kind of solidify that yeah so when did you publish your first book then I published my first book in 2017 um I took a year and a half to write like the first three books like I didn't worry about marketing or publishing or any of that sort of deal I just wanted to focus on writing first Mm -hmm. right so I published the first book in 2017 second book in 2018 I had a novella that was kind of like a freebie. So kind of build an email list. So I I introduced that. And yeah, and that just kind of got the ball rolling and kind of getting me that experience with editors and cover designers and building a community of readers and and just bonding with other writers, which I feel is super important in your writing career. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's been really cool and really fun. And I've definitely learned a lot. Definitely made a lot of mistakes, right? But just grateful for the process because I feel like I wouldn't be at the stage that I'm at right now had I not had all of those experience and yeah. failures and setbacks and all of that kind of stuff. So I actually just recently watched you had done something on the Macario's Scepter um, release and what you learned through that while doing that during the pandemic. Yes. I was wondering, do you want to talk a little bit about that process and the timing of it? Yeah. (laughs) So 
that book took about two years to write. I did about three drafts before my editor even saw it. And by the time my editor saw it, I said, oh man, I have this nail. This is like my fourth book that I've written and I've done like a couple of drafts. And so I submitted it to her and she was like, yeah, we're going to have to cut a whole character. We're going to have to cut about 30,000 words. Yeah, this is just not <laughs> Oh, that's jelly. so hard. And oh, by the way, like, I need this back in like 30 days. Otherwise, we're going to have to wait a whole nother year when another slot opens up. So, oh my gosh, it was crazy. Um, Yeah, so I, I did all the edits and I had to come up with some stuff. I was grateful because the treasure hunting nun came out of that. I don't think she would have ever materialized if it wasn't for something that I just needed. I needed something. I was like, mm. we're just going to roll with this and see where it goes because I only have 30 days and 30,000 words and I don't know what else is going to happen. Um, so I turned in those that was about like the summer of like 2019 I had everything ready to go I sent stuff off to my formatters I believe in like February and then COVID happened so like my formatters were on lockdown those took a while my cover designer was scrambling that took a while and I'm up here scrambling because I have pre-orders set up I have my art team ready to go and it was just nail biting, just like all the way to the end. So by the time I got to the release of Macario Scepter, I was just happy the thing was just out. <laughs> it wasn't the biggest launch. It wasn't, you know, I, I couldn't do all the bells and whistles because I was literally like, I, I just want this kind of just out. And it's fine because I knew it was the first book. I already had a second book. I was working on Secret Library already. So I, I knew that I would have another kind of opportunity to kind of like relaunch the book, so to speak. But yeah, during a pandemic, I was just biting my nails the whole time because everyone that yeah. I was working with that I needed stuff from were in Australia and were overseas and they got locked down before we did. So yeah. it, it was, it was all kinds of crazy. But we made it though. You did make it. And it's such a fun book. It's a great book. And the cover's beautiful, yeah. which it's how I found the book myself is the cover's just gorgeous oh Hampton Hampton yeah. he's from oh oh man I, I tell you he my brain I can tell you how something should look but if I have to like physically like draw it out or whatever it would be a disaster so I gave him the book and I was like okay it has a serpent in it it's on an island it has a pirate ship let's go and <laughs> And he literally just came back with that. I think we went through maybe two rounds, I think, instead of he had maybe like an octopus on it. And I said, no, there's a sea serpent in there. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and I'm like, done, perfect. You know, and, and from then on, I'm like, you're doing my covers forever because nobody <laughs> understands my brain. I'm just like, it has this, it has this, just go. See your magic. <laughs> it's so great when you can find people who can take that idea and just actually make something of it like that's awesome yeah and it's hard because yeah. you know I've worked with other cover designers before and it was just such a struggle so you mm -hmm. know finding him I was just like I'm not going to give you too much direction just just go because you can do this way better than me and, and he does an amazing job as a matter of fact I just got the cover for the third book like this morning and I'm just like that's exciting you just nail it every time I'm just like just <laughs> Like, I don't know how you do it, but you just nail it every single time. 
That's so, awesome. awesome. Do you have a timeline for the cover reveal for that? Or is that still kind of in the process? It's kind of in the process. I get with him early. Um, after Macario Scepter and kind of all of that, I get people on the ball fairly early, as early as I can. Nice. So, you know, the cover reveal for book three probably won't be happening until the beginning of next year. Nice. Yeah. But knowing him, I mean, he's become super busy and things happen and we're still in pandemic land. I'm like, mm -hmm. let's get the cover done. Yeah. Please, we can get it done. Let me think about who I want to beta read <laughs> and kind of put on their radar first yeah. because, you know, things happen. Things are always going to happen. You know, whether someone gets busy or, you know, someone gets, you know, God forbid they're sick or, yeah. you know, whatever, you want to make sure that you have enough time to kind of pivot so you can kind of stay on track. And and I'm of a firm believer, I'd rather get it done right than to get it rushed. Absolutely. That's such good advice to just be on top of things ahead of time like that. That's really good. Yeah, it is. I mean, because we kind of assume that, oh, it should only take like two weeks and oh, it should only take right. like three weeks. But, you know, if you want, if you're dealing with professional people and if they're good, they're always busy and they get booked yeah. really fast. You know, mm -hmm. I joke with my editor and, you know, because I tell her my timeline is totally dependent on her timeline. You know, she'll <laughs> tell me like, when are you releasing the book? And I'm like, whenever you have a slot to edit it, it's totally on your schedule because out of everyone, she takes the longest with good reason, sure. right? So, yes. you know, if you can get the book in this month, then I'll slot out six months and that's when release date will be. And that's one of the awesome things about being an indie author is you can set your own release dates and timelines and everything. So yeah. my schedule is totally based on her schedule. I'm like, whatever, whenever you have time is when I have time, <laughs> you know, and, and it kind of works like that. You know, as a matter of fact, I just spoke with her and, and we're booking book four, which isn't even written yet. Definitely booking stuff early is super important. Cover designers are busy. Formatters are busy. Arc readers are busy. Beta readers are busy. Like you got to kind of sure. take all of that into account, so that way you can set your expectations and not be disappointed that you know you send out a manuscript for people to read and not everybody read it, or not everyone had a chance yeah. to review it, or not everybody mm -hmm. had a chance to post it on their Instagram. You know, you have to yeah. be kind of mindful of that when you're working with other people. You know, this is your book, baby, but it's not yes. theirs. Have, sure, you know, absolutely. You know, have <laughs> other things to do, you know. So, you know, I, I let my ARC readers know, like, hey, I just turned in the draft. So, like, November kind of <laughs> let me know where you're at. And they'll pencil it in. And, and, and usually that helps as opposed to waiting until November and saying, hey, I know it's Thanksgiving and all the holidays, <laughs> but you know, I want you to read my book. Like it doesn't work like that sometimes, you know? So giving yeah. yourself plenty of time, it's always going to take longer than oh what you gosh. think it's going to take. Hmm. Are you planning on this being a four book series or do you have, are you going to do more? Do you know how many books will be in the series total or? Okay. Well, total in the series is going to be seven. Oh, okay. Um, wow. Yeah. I'm crazy enough, but it is seven. Um, <laughs> <That's all right>. <laughs> <laughs> it is seven. And they're, and they're pretty much planned out. It's one of those things like no one really tells you about the third book and how much kind of pressure it is because it's like, okay, the first book, you explored a little bit. The second book, like you're having a little fun. But when you get to book three, it's like things are serious. So what if it's a trilogy? You got to wrap it up really well. Yeah. If it's part of a series, okay, you have to really ramp things up and kind of get the ball rolling until you get to whatever, you know, book you're going to finish with. So 
I have it planned at seven books. I was forced to plan out the rest of the book. My editor knows what she's talking about. So she's like, we need to figure this out from now, right? So that we can kind of set everything up. So yeah, this is definitely going to be seven books for sure. And do you have any advice for people about connecting with other people and finding those resources, like finding good editors and finding good cover designers and art readers and all of that? Like, how did you go about that? And do you have any advice? Your community is everything. Mm-hmm. Everyone I found has basically been a referral, you know, mm-hmm. work full-time jobs or we're in school or we have kids. So our time to research and kind of dig into different types of people and what they do can be really limited. So leaning into your community and just asking like, Hey, you know, who do you recommend as an editor or who do you recommend as a cover designer or who do you recommend as, as a virtual assistant, which I'm kind of getting into that realm of things Uh of getting a VA to handle certain things. Um, And that's why building a community is important. So even before your first book is even finished, like building that community. So that way, by the time you get there, you know people that you're going to ask the ARC or beta read for you because mm-hmm. you've beta read for them or you're familiar with their books or, you know, you guys chat on Instagram DMs every day, whatever it is. It just makes the process just so much easier if you already have a community that can help you and that you've helped, you know, until, yeah. you know, your time comes to ask. And that's also super important. Like you have to be just as helpful. You know, all the people that beta read for me, I've either beta read their books or I've been on their launch teams or you know I talk about their books in, in my newsletter so it's, it's super important to keep that community going for sure but that's my number one advice for that for finding people is to get a community and, and tap into them and see who they use or who they recommend that's great advice do you mind if we talk a little bit about the adventure side of your stories and kind of your sure. recipe for an adventure story I think contrary to popular belief, even though it's very fast paced and there's monsters and all the fun stuff, you have to have the characters first. You have to really know who they are, what they're afraid of, especially if you're dealing with like monsters and stuff like, you know, take like Indiana Jones, like he can jump off a cliff, but don't dare put a snake in his presence. He'll die. He'll die. Right. And like half of his movies, he's always dealing with snakes and that's why he's, you know, it's, you have to know what they're like deathly afraid of, whether it's manifesting their fear in an actual monster or having them to overcome yeah. it in order to scale that mountain or wield that magic, because then the readers can really connect to that character. Like, yeah, I'm not on that mm. temple with you, but I understand, you know, your deep-seated fear of being abandoned or, or losing a loved one or really having that sister you would do absolutely anything for. And I feel like really starting with character is super, super important. That's what I spend the longest time doing is really delving into my characters. And then that informs me of what kind of situations to put them in, you know, what kind of dangers they need to face or overcome or what kind of magic they need to use and and that sort of thing. So that's definitely how I go about, you know, the stories that I have is is just really knowing my characters and what they love and what they don't and, and all of that kind of thing, you know, with my treasure hunting nun I'm like how can I make her life like crazy you know just put her with the most pirates on the planet and say you gotta work with me you know it's just and and the story just kind of unfolds from there yeah she's so fun I love her to death but yeah I think just having characters really 
you, you want the readers to root for them. You want them to be invested because otherwise you can have all the bells and whistles, but it won't mean anything unless you have the heart of your story. And I think the characters yeah. are really at the heart of it all, no matter what's happening. Do you have Absolutely. any advice for coming up with those characters or like what, how do you go about character development? Usually I'll get like an idea, whether it's like from like a Pinterest image or, you know, something I may watch and then just kind of ask those questions like okay do you want a pirate okay why is she a pirate like why Mm -hmm. does she become one how does she become one you know where is she from what is she most afraid of what trauma has she experienced usually a lot of our decisions are based out of some kind of trauma or fear or something that we've gone through and that kind of informs us of the decisions that we make right so that's I really start asking kind of those questions I don't even get into eye color or what they wear Mm -hmm. wear really until like the end because knowing them as a person I kind of already know you know like for example my character Mari who's my grumpy navigator that's what's on her mind and you know it's the funniest (laughs) things and and she wants to curse so so bad and I'm kind of like this is a YA novel you can't curse like that right but it's not just because you know to have her she's had a very rough life and she's had a life where you know she had to be you know subjected as a female so having that kind of life I already know that she's going to be dressing from head to toe in leathers and always have a hat on because she doesn't want to be seen. You know, it's not because she's necessarily cool, but because of her life experiences, it informs kind of everything else. So having yes. those core things first, kind of, you know, like my my treasure hunting nun will never be in pants. Well, I won't say never. <laughs> she does eventually wear pants. But in the first book, she doesn't because she's in the convent. Like in the convent, we don't yeah. do that. I don't care. If I'm trekking through a jungle and um, I'm going to trek through a jungle and have like three extra changes of clothes because yeah. I'm not used to being dirty, you know, <laughs> you know, and that kind of thing. And just asking those questions, right? Like, because that all just comes out of the type of character, you know, that she is, that'll inform like what she does. So my, my advice is just to get to the heart of your character. Don't worry about what they look like or what they wear or just doing things because it's cool. I mean, if you have an idea yeah. that it's cool, okay, ask why. Why would that character do that? Why would that character stab someone before asking them a question? Like, wh- why? <laughs> what experiences have they had? Like, there's a why there, you know? <laughs> you know, there's a reason, you yeah. know? Um, not just because, you know, it's a cool thing to do. I mean, it is cool to read, but, you know, it's just surface level. And I think when you really figure that out, all the other pieces kind of come together. Yeah. Well, and dialogue is such an important part of your series and getting like the tone of each of their voices. I love that you put some of the dialogue on your shirts. I, oh, yeah. <laughs> I find that awesome. Yeah. And, amazing. And, and like I, I wrote down as I was going through like Mari is the I'm a ship pilot, not not a damn wizard. And I just I love that. Okay. I, I love that in just a line of dialogue that reveals so much about her as a person then you know you could take paragraphs of writing about her but the way she speaks says so much more than I think even writing those paragraphs would yeah and 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 again that just all comes back to like the type of character that she is and I feel like once you really understand who they are like writing them just kind of comes naturally right and especially Mm -hmm. when you're writing in that deep third POV like they're not going to talk the whole time just 
what they look like or what they notice or how they're going to describe something. I mean, the three of them can walk into the same room and they're all three going to describe it differently because <laughs> they're different people, sure. you know? And I think when we really know who they are, then kind of the dialogue kind of comes like, you know, I know if anybody needs to say something snarky or grumpy, like she's the one to say it, you know, if, if someone says, let's jump off a cliff and figure it out later, that's all, that's Samara all day, you know, <laughs> someone is like, can we pray on it first before we go fight this serpent? You already know it's Serafina because that's what, going to do, you know? that's what she's going to do, you know, and, and I think really understanding where they come from and kind of who they are up into this point of where the story starts again, it's like super important. And I find mm -hmm. if I'm struggling with dialogue or just struggling with anything character related periods, because I haven't, delved into them enough so that's when I'll stop and be like okay let's let's take a beat and really just hash this out and it's just a whole bunch of why questions it's like okay Baz has to find the map why because it leads to the greatest treasure why because he took over his dad's ship well, why did that happen well his dad's not really his dad okay now we're getting somewhere you know so we're figuring out all of these these questions and now inform, okay, why is he so hell-bent on finding this treasure? It's not just because he's a pirate and that's what they do. Like, mm -hmm. okay, you know, as a reader, like, why should I care? Right. Yeah, you know, exactly. it's more of, I'm trying to prove myself because my whole life, you know, I was his illegitimate son in everybody's eyes. So I have to kind of prove myself in that respect, you know? So yeah. once you understand his drive, he's like, okay, I don't care if it's scary or not. This is what we have to do. This is what we have to go get the map. When it comes to coming up with a plan or leading, it, it's going to be him. And I think it's super important, especially, which I'm learning with this third book now, which is the cast has gotten way bigger. Yeah. And ensemble cast, it's like you said, you have to know who's speaking just by what they're saying because there's going to be so many people in the room. So everyone just kind of has to stand out. Absolutely. So yeah, dialogue is super important and it's fun. Absolutely. It's fun to write and it's fun to read. Fun to read. Like, it's, yeah, it's one yeah. of those things that when you can really get into Yeah, especially when they don't like each other. It's yes. like you don't like each other, but you have to work together. And it's just like put them in a room and just go. And it's just awesome. It's just it's just so much fun. I think that's one of the great things about Macario Scepter. And and I haven't yet read the secret library but i'm very much looking forward to reading it it's the characters that have that tension with each other automatically like from the beginning where you even just the sisters Samira, serafina they're they're so different and you get to see that play off of each other and they're so fun and i hadn't even realized it until after i finished the book that they so remind me of my daughters my daughters are so they love each other to pieces but my littlest one is Samara and my oldest one is Serafina all day. Like my little one is like, let's jump off the couch and hitch ourselves to the fan. And my oldest daughter is like, oh my God, you're going to die. And I'm not going to be without a sister. And let me go in the corner and cry about it. Right. And, just, and I hadn't even realized, I, you know, just, but just watching them, it's like, they are so different. But at the end of the day, they love each other so much and they're learning how to accept each other for who they are and not try to change them and their yeah. strengths and weaknesses to both. But yeah, it was just so funny because I was watching the two of them while I was writing this book and I'm just like, oh my gosh, these are your sizes all day. And it's so funny because my youngest daughter actually bought her a scepter for her birthday. And I was like, the irony of it all. So she, 
Because <laughs> she literally wrote the relevant chapters also. That's awesome. Well, you did such a great job capturing. My sister and I are very much like that too, total polar opposites. But you did such a great job capturing that tension mixed with love and in that kind of relationship. Um, I really loved that in the stories. Um, I think something really important to talk about with your work and your Insta is just how well your Instagram like shows the feel and the theme of adventure. When Thank I you. when I saw it, like it. It's beautiful. It has those, you know, beautiful greens and flowers and just color everywhere. It's, and it's so, um, it doesn't just have your books, but it also has a lot of other advice and kind of things on content marketing. Do you want to talk about how you approach doing your Instagram, um, setting it up or is it, is it just, it depends on the day? Like, um, no, uh, it, it's pretty much planned at this point. I like to plan a lot by themes, but it's so interesting because I had to, as much as I do marketing for other people, marketing yourself is hard. Right? Yeah. Like I could do it easily for somebody else, but when it comes to me, I'm like, I have no idea what's happening. You know, so I can't have to hire a coach and I even told him, I'm like, I feel crazy because I'm like, I do this for a living. Like I've been doing digital marketing for like, you know, 11, 12 years. And I look at my Instagram and I totally go blank. It's like, I don't know what to do. (laughs) (laughs) So it definitely took some work. It was more of a mental thing than anything else. But I think just being true to myself and just being authentic with myself, like, I kid you not, all of those flowers in my Instagram are all over my room. I have a palm tree in my bedroom. <sighs> I have all of those flowers in my garden. And I think just when it comes from you, it's just so much easier as opposed to just doing the things you're supposed to do. Yes. I think if it's something that you already enjoy and you already know that it's you and it's yes. something that, you know, I have that books on my bookshelf. I have the map on my wall. I have the compass over here. Like, you know, it's all those things that I already have around it doesn't make it feel so hard and it's just easy to kind of draw from. So I think getting over the mental hump of I have to be somebody else in order to be (laughs) successful and just kind of, you know, be yourself. I think this makes it a whole lot easier. You know, like Mm -hmm. I live in sunny South Florida. So having cozy sweaters and mugs that everybody else does, it just, it doesn't fit. (laughs) But it doesn't fit. I'm like, it's 90 degrees here all year long. No, I don't know fall. And I don't know anything about pumpkins, except if I buy it in the grocery store, you know, so that's not, not true to me. So that's not something I'm necessarily going to do. And if I try yes. it, then it will be much harder to do. So I think just approaching everything that I do just from an authentic place, yeah. you know, it takes work. It doesn't happen overnight, but just starting to think about the things that you love and then connecting with other people who love the same things. It makes you stand out too, like, because no one else is you are going to have that unique Absolutely. combination of the things that you Exactly. Write. And I think that's where a lot of authors struggle, you know, whether it's their newsletters or, you know, their, their Instagram, it's like, you know, I have to follow this five-step plan. And I'm like, the five-step plan worked for that person. It may not necessarily work for you. So when I yes. created the course, it's all about, let's talk about your story. Let's talk mm-hmm. about your brand. Let's talk about your reader, because everything that you do is based on those three things like what your story is what your brand is and what your reader is you know and then that will give you the ideas and that will help you make more be more consistent and that will make you not hate doing newsletters yes. <laughs> or Instagram 
because you're feeling like you have to do it a way that someone told you that you should do it. And it's more of that approach of just, let's talk about you. And, and, you know, in the course, there are tons of questions that I have you answer in workbooks and audio. Like, you know, if you write urban fantasy, butterflies have no place unless they're dark butterflies, which would be totally cool, right? <laughs> That's but, awesome. Yeah, you know, but otherwise it would have no place, you know? Yeah. So not worry too much about what everyone else is doing because everyone's already doing that and it's saturated the market so much. Let's focus on mm-hmm. what stands out for you, what's true for you. You know, if you like cactus plants, have every Instagram have cactus plants because mm-hmm. that won't be hard for you because you probably have them around your house. And you love them, right? And then people look like he always has cactus plants, you know. So (laughs) it's like I don't see that, you know. So that's kind of the approach that I take when you know I I put the course together, and I've also you know coached some authors and some editors, and just you know let's talk about you first. Let's put away all the tactics and the strategies and all that. Let's flesh this out first. Kind of like your character in your book. You can't plot unless you know what the character is and what you're doing or where she's going. It's the Absolutely. same thing with marketing. It's the same approach. Yeah, that's such great advice. Thank you for that. <laughs> I feel like I need to do that. <laughs> you don't have to do what everyone else is doing. It's okay. <laughs> okay. It's okay to do yourself. <laughs> I love it. This has been amazing to talk with you. And I feel like we could easily keep going and talk with you again. So thank you so much for all of this great advice. Absolutely. Thanks so it's much been for such having a pleasure. Thank you, MJ, so much. And anyone who's listening, we hope you go check out her books, check out her Instagram, check out her website, check out this course because I'm going to. It sounds yep. amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I like hate newsletters, so this sounds awesome. <laughs> Just what I mean. <laughs> Thanks so You're much. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs>